Hey, NRL 22 fans. Thanks for listening. We're back with another fun and exciting episode of the NRL 22 podcast. We're coming at you today from the DST Precision NRL 22 podcast studio, courtesy of Troy Tyson. So thank you, Troy, for letting us crash your trailer uh, while we're all up here at this match. I'm with Shane Douglas today of Team Bergara, and I'm pretty excited to have him on. So Shane, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Uh, well, obviously Shane Douglas. Uh, been shooting for several years, actually, across uh, pretty much any state. Now I'm trying to chalk off all 50 to get a match there. Um, relocated to Nebraska. It's not based on Nebraska, but it's kind of good for this. I'm actually back home in Minnesota. I uh, lived here for 10 years, so just loving coming back here where there's water and trees and roads that curve. Um, and like I said, we've been in the last couple years. We uh, set up and I started shooting for uh, Team Bergara. And uh, kind of something that's Aaron Mashad and... Uh, Nate Treadway's brainchild from back in the day. We had a lot of the guys that were uh, getting out and kind of, so basically I guess back up a little bit, kind of the story behind the, the B14R was it wasn't really designed or they didn't really think it was going to take off in the competitive market. Um, they thought it was just going to be something for hunters to train with and all that. Well, then they saw that this platform was really solid for, you know, NRL 22 style shooting and uh, just kind of took off from there. And now we've been, put the team together to try to get our R&D going with that, to uh, just kind of push the brand and push everybody to everybody to get better. That's kind of where we're at with that. Um, Other than that, it's been good. They treat us real good, and the industry's awesome, so I can't complain at all. (laughs) Yeah, I've I've found the same, so that's kind of fun. So, Shane, how long have you been shooting, and what's your history been? So I know you've been dabbling in a lot of different disciplines, so you can tell us a little bit about that too, but let's, starting with precision rifle, center fire versus rim fire, and all that stuff, um, you know, what's your, what's your experience so far? So, so far I started off, you know, first off it was just, uh, my family has a farm down in Kansas. So I started off shooting my AR and then once I finally got to like six and 800 yards, you know, huge targets with that, I thought I was just awesome. <laughs> and, uh, so I was like, I'm going to start, I'm going to go get a Ruger precision rifle and I'm going to be just the baddest dude out there, you know? And so I got it and I had a lot of fun with that rifle. Uh, you know, started doing some center fire stuff, you know, up at Red Wing here in Minnesota and, uh, Shooting a little bit of that, and then my uh, my next rifle was a B14R, and then uh, just kind of went from there. And then I've just been chasing the dragon ever since. It's been uh, so center fire was kind of my main focus, and then uh, we started doing rim fire, and then I just found it's just like a home. It's like more of a family here, you know. It's uh, center fire. It's a little more high speed, um, a lot more intense. Whereas the, uh, the rim fire side of things, you know, it's I don't have to spend hours reloading. Everybody's just super, super cool. You can be having a great time with a 14-year-old kid on the firing line, you know, and everything just, just awesome there. And then I started dabbling a little bit in the, the ELR because I wanted to see how far we could get, you know, go down to spear point and start seeing those impacts close to 3,000 yards and, and just watching that bullet fly. It's, it's super cool. But uh, I started to really kind of hone in more on the rimfire stuff. And the best part is now that we're doing more and more rimfire ELR. So I've just had a blast with that. It's it's probably one of my favorite styles so that's why I'm really excited about this match this weekend because I guess you do ELR and positional so it's like everything I love all in one there you go yeah it's good it's good good mixture of stuff for sure this weekend I love uh what you, what you said about require being more like family so that's one of the the things that I love about the sport and I have a theory that center fire is more intense and people are crabbier because they had to spend all that time reloading and Personally, I hate reloading. I would, I, agree. Love, I would agree. I love rimfire so much because I don't have to reload. So, want test by ten thousand rounds? Be like, I'm good for the year. Let's party. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> just roll out and grab your brick, and you're you're good to go for like a match or two. It's pretty sweet. 
So that's fun. So how long have you been um, shooting and how long have you been shooting competitively? Uh, well, I started shooting, I mean, obviously I grew up on the plains of Kansas. So, I mean, grew up with shooting 22s. Obviously, first time I got Ruger 10-22 was my first rifle. And you know, we'd go out and shoot turtles and dirt clods. Back when you could buy a brick for, you know, like 10 bucks. <laughs> we'd go out and just have a heyday, me and my friends. And then, uh, so I really, I, I, my family was not so much anti-gun. It's just my dad was one of those people that... Uh, either bow hunt or you shoot with a shotgun. Um, so we never really had any high power style rifles. I didn't get into those until I was in my twenties. And then, uh, you know, then of course the AR craze comes on. So I started doing a little bit of that. And then I found bolt action and precision rifles and just started going with that. So I've been competing for probably about the last six to seven years now. Um, just kind of a jack of all trades, master of none, because I want to do it all. And you and I have had some, some text conversations about this before. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing here, but it's just because, you know, like well, last weekend, for example, you know, I've been shooting rimfire. So I got a, my, my B-14R is, you know, pretty heavy gun. It's right about 20 pounds. And then I took our new six Creedmoor comp rifle to a uh, centerfire match last weekend. And uh, shooting a 16-pound, you know, centerfire, I, I learned my lesson. I'm getting a little lazy on my recoil management and stuff. So <laughs> I just love chasing all that. But like I said, I think this year we're just going to, focused mainly on just my center fire PRS style stuff and the NRL 22. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like to, I, I like to hang out in the rimfire crowd anyway, because I'm totally biased by the way, but yeah. I think we're the most fun group of people too. So I, I know it's like we, like I've got a general, I mean, everybody that's shot with me or knows me, I'm, I'm, I'm a big clown. Um, I mess with anybody at any given time all the time. And uh, whereas with center fire stuff, they don't really take out to that too much. Um, I've got a good group of guys that I shoot with, like my buddy Mark Polito. You know, I shoot with him all the time, and we have a lot of fun with each other. <laughs> so when you get some of these center fire stuff, people don't really quite know how to do that. But the rim fire crowd, they just start dishing it right back, and it's just a riot. I mean, I, I laugh more. I, I never leave, even if I shoot terribly, if I leave a rim fire event, I still feel pretty awesome because I got to hang out with my friends and have a great time. Yeah, that's so true and important to hold on to. There. There are matches that I've stressed myself out to the point where I was not having fun, and I've had to take, I've had to reflect on those experiences and say, okay, what are you actually here for? This is not my job. Yeah. You know, this is for fun. So making sure that you can be competitive and, and hang on to that competitive edge because it's, you know, in a lot of us, it's what motivates a lot of us, but that community and um, the family piece, it keeps me coming back. And so that's where, that's why I'm here this weekend because I heard Shane was coming up and I was like, okay, if I can squad with you, then I'm in. So I'll be here. All right. So and we made it happen. We so did. It's I'm gonna so excited. It's going to be a blast. I'm will, excited for it. I'm going to edit this after, after uh, tomorrow and go, I don't know. I don't know if we want to post that. That guy, not. I don't know, man. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about um, some of the Team Bergara stuff. So there's a, a good range of people on Team Bergara and it, it's not necessarily, this is not meant to be offensive. The top level, top winning all the matches shooters, it's Absolutely. a really fun group. So tell us more about kind of how that came in. Well, it came out, uh, Aaron and AJ Sporting, uh, obviously him and Nate, good buddies, they decided they want to assemble this team. Um, our goal wasn't to get those guys that were winning every match. Because what we have found is a lot of those guys are, are so hyper-focused on what they're doing that that's what makes them good, but they're not really able to engage people and, and that kind of stuff. You know, it's just the nature of the beast. Um, so what we did was we assembled a team of guys that, you know, we're generally like that mid 50% on up. Some of us can go out and just 
dominate a match. Some of us will be an absolute dumpster fire, you know, it's just, uh, but at the end of the day, it's what we're about is just making sure, like, obviously that, as I was talking, we weren't expecting the B14 to have the success that it has had. Um, obviously, there's a lot more of them out there now. We all know it doesn't matter what you shoot, rifles break. Um, so what's really cool, too, is all of us on Team Bergara, if you see anybody with a Bergara jersey on, your rifle breaks. The chances are we have parts kits that we can take with us, and so we can actually hook you up. I remember at, uh, I think it was Jeremy Walker last year at Nationals. He broke his bolt uh, mid-stage like third stage down, and uh, you know, he thought his weekend was over. And to us, you know, finding a, uh, you're spending, by the time it's said for a year, if you go to Nationals, you're spending thousands of dollars, hours and hours of time. We can't let your weekend end off of a bad bolt. So we just go to the tackle box, grab him a bolt, and the way he goes, he didn't miss a beat, you know. And uh, that's kind of what we're about, you know, and just educating people, you know, if you want to shoot one of these rifles, take mine out. You want to borrow it for a weekend, I don't care. You know, it's just, uh, and then also, too, we get a little bit of that R&D side of things to where we get to, you know, test some things that people aren't really, like, sometimes you'll see, like, a barrel on, like, my rifle or something, or somebody's like, where'd that come from? It just, just wait, you know? <laughs> right. Or, or maybe it goes nowhere. We don't know, you know? It's just we're testing series, testing things, and uh, it's just a great opportunity, and like I said, Bergara is, they're all in on it. Uh, obviously, they've had a really good time of uh, sponsoring the matches. There's always Bergara certs on the prize tables. I have three Bergara loaner rifles because of that, by the way. So I have we have a, a righty. I got a lefty from Nationals. I found the lefty unicorn. Well, oh. okay, I had to wait. I had to wait for a long time. It was a cert, so I had to wait for a while. But uh, but yeah, I have a lefty, so I get to let people use it. So yep. now we have a lefty loaner, which is huge because there aren't a lot of other lefty no. options out there. So those are those are awesome, and having those um, on prize tables has been huge for our loaner program. Sure. So I love the fact that I see Bergara out there, you know, throwing certs on tables and rifles on tables. That's just, you know, you got to give back to this, this industry and not so much you in the industry. I hate using the term industry because it's really, it's, it's like a scene and it's people, you see a lot of the same people over and over again. And like my favorite part is at least shooting for Bergara, I've got the opportunity to go shoot many different parts of the nation. And uh, that is definitely the one common thing is just, everybody's excited to try the stuff out. There's, you find them at every match. So, uh, and with the team, I guess kind of come back full circle. So we're talking on the team, you know, we've even strategically placed people in different parts of the country. So you have like myself and Andrew Combs out of Nebraska, uh, just a little bit farther South there. You've got Darren, pretty much everybody in the rimfire world knows Darren. Uh, so, you know, he's there in Kansas city. So we all get to kind of shoot together. Aaron is also a team member, him and chance in Oklahoma. Um, you know, we've got, Ben and Travis over in that Kentucky, Tennessee area. Uh, you guys stole Mark from us he over in that, over in the Montana area, but we're happy to have him over here in Wisconsin, Minnesota, because that means we get to see him more. And uh, he won't be looking like a zombie because that guy drives everywhere. Every I mean, day, I, like I shoot a lot. Hours, right? I shoot a lot of matches and I travel a lot, but I don't have I don't have a candle on Mark. Yep. You know, that guy just he hustles <laughs> and he's a great shooter. You know, he just he, he's kind of our guy that's going to be out there winning the matches and, and all that. You know. And, uh, it's a great time. So. That's true. He won our, our NRL 22X match back, match back in June. 104 shooters. And not to, like, break up our area, but we have some really top-level shooters. And a lot of people traveled for that match, too. So it was a really, really deep uh, talent pool. So he pulled out the win at that one, which was, I believe, his first overall win. That was his win. first big win. He's yeah. been on the podium. He's always been the bridesmaid, never the bride. Exactly. And I was teasing him. Yeah. <laughs> Before that match, I was like, Mark, are you finally going to take one? And I was joking, but I was really happy to see him up there because he he does a lot of work and he's a he's 
because he's a solid shooter. So yeah, he's a he just he's he's so meticulous and good at what he does. And we just had well just that uh, that stage the applied ballistic stage where we were just using here a little bit ago with the uh, you know the Bushnell scope and the voodoo rifle and stuff. And I got up there and thought I just burned it down in twenty three seconds. Mark gets up there in eighteen, and I'm just like, what what's going on, man? <laughs> I have a story for you about this. So this same match last year, the same same similar stage setup. It was that fly ballistics, Bushnell side stage, and I got up and I I killed it. I think I I think I had like twenty seconds or something like that. And all day long, people came up and no one even no one got close to touching it. Right, and I'm all excited. My name's on the board. And then Mark comes up fifteen minutes after we were supposed to have closed <laughs> down, strolls in. Eric lets him shoot it anyway, even though he's past time. And I was like, I'm pretty sure it was past time. And then he freaking beats me by like three seconds. Yeah. That stinker. So yeah, that guy, I tell you, I take back all the nice things I said about him. Yeah, that's, that's what I love too. Is like you know you got the NRL 22 style family, but then as the Bergara team, we're a very very tight knit group too. I mean, we talk to each other very regularly. Um, it's like a second family, you know. And that's that's one big thing we wanted to do was actually have have a good cohesive group of guys that can talk and relay information. And also, you know, we're that kind of that mouthpiece from the factory to the end users. So, you know, having us there and what's cool is all of us started off as customers first. Uh, we were all asked to be on this team. Nobody seeked it out. You know, there's none of those you know, clout chasers here. Um, everybody's is there for a reason. And it's usually because, uh, well, a lot of it too is most of us, if you notice are engineering style minded people, um, you know, like myself, I work in CNC metal fabrication side of things. You know, Ben's a awesome tool and die maker for Nissan. Travis owns a machine shop. You know, uh, Aaron, Aaron and Darren both have really highly technical jobs. So it's we got a group of thinkers too that will help you solve problems. So we listen to what the customers are seeing, what all the people that are breaking the rifles, all that, and then we can convey that to the factory in a way that makes sense. Because we could say, oh, we're having problems with this ejector. Okay, well, we can start manufacturing it this way. And now it actually cares because we're shooting the rifles and we know manufacturing. And so it's been a really good job of bridging that gap. So we're all just a bunch of nerds with rifles. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that true of everyone? It really is. All man. of us. All of us in this sport are pretty much nerds with rifles. Yeah, it's, it's a good thinking sport, you know, and it's it's active enough. I mean, I've, I've lost a bunch of weight and stuff since, play, you know, starting to do more of this. And I love it. It's just so much fun. Yeah, I have, I have a ton of fun too. It's great during COVID to keep you out of the house too. That is that very was, true. That was a struggle. But that's awesome. So what kind of stuff um, can people expect if they, you know, have questions or something like that, like at matches, they see someone in a Bergara jersey, do they just be like, hey man, Team Bergara, I, I've got a bunch of feedback for you. Is that like, you guys are totally open to that or what? Yeah, I mean, you know, don't kind of beat on us too hard, you know, like, <laughs> At least start off a little bit nice, you know, like like maybe whisper, tickle our ear a little bit or something, you know, before you start beating on us. I hear uh, Twizzlers work. Twizzlers work awesome. Yeah. Uh, definitely, you know, if, if you put a stick of Twizzler in my mouth while I'm, I'm, you know, rocking through my binos, I'll turn around and give you a hug and say, hey, what's up? And we'll start talking rifles then. But uh, <laughs> no, I mean, for the most part, you know, it's just, you know, just like anything, you just come up and talk to us a little bit, address yourself, address what's, what's happening, you know, and uh, it's... Yeah, that's the best way to approach it, really, is just come up and treat us like normal people. We'll treat you the same, and because at the end of the day, that's all we are. Like I said, nerds with rifles, so we want to we want to be problem solvers. We want to find out what your issues are. Um, and if it's not, like I said, if we can't fix them there, we'll you know, 
relay things back. We actually have uh, like cards and stuff too. To, it's like if you're at a match and you have a rifle that goes down, we actually have cards to hand you. So you get the hotline straight to the guys that are going to get your problem fixed. There's not going to be any, you know, go through your dealer, go through this. No, you're going straight to the factory, straight to the people, and we try to get you sorted out as fast as possible. That's, yeah, it's really helpful to have something like that. I've noticed um, support from a lot of companies in this world is has really spoiled me for support in any yep. other area. If I got to call Comcast support, I'm pulling my hair out because I'm, I'm like, but wait, it's broken. Just fix it because people are so great in the industry. And being in the competitive world, you know, you, you don't want to be without your equipment nope. for a period of time. You know, that's like you said, you spend tons of money traveling to matches and things like that. And if your rifle goes down... And you have a match next week. What are you going to do? And yep. so to have that direct line is really helpful. Now, I, now I know that you have that direct line, so I'm going to yeah. be calling you. Yeah, that's, that's no problem at all. <laughs> exactly. it's, you know, there's a lot of times too where something will break. And I have it. You know, you just take it. It's easier for me to get get one sent to me than it is to you, just because they they know where I'm at. They've got a you know, basically UPS has a crazy burnout line from from the Bergara factory to my house. So there it's <laughs> there you go. we did we did borrow from Mark. Uh, factory stock for his okay. uh, righty because we had a stage we wanted to do a righty and a lefty Bergara and make people shoot both. So you had oh, to shoot yeah. five rounds from one left-handed and then five rounds from the other right-handed uh, and make it like you That's know pretty equal because lefties normally if they're shooting a stage gun they gotta run it righty. Yep, yep. So now we figured it'd be fun to make people do both. Um, so we needed to have a stock that matched because the the righty didn't come with the factory stock. It was just the barrel backing. So yep. now we got to have twinsies. Oh, there you go. That was fun. That was a lot of fun. So that was nice. Mark had that on hand just to, to lend us for that match. Yeah, he's got that new beautiful manners on his rifle. That thing is so gorgeous. Yeah. <laughs> he's pretty excited about it, too. He shows it off a little bit. I would. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's fair. That's fair. Every every new thing you get. You know. Yeah. That's the, there's no shortage of uh, shiny new things to show off to all your friends in this industry. So. That is so true. Like so here, we're, we're in Troy's, uh, Troy's camper, but in the back of this camper, Troy has his store set up, and he already got me for like 300 bucks because <laughs> I saw some shiny things back there, and I'm like, yeah, that looks pretty cool. Yeah. So, <laughs> Yep, I, I recorded it on my GoPro, so I can add that into the TikTok, all the, all the bling and stuff that, yeah. that's back there. I know it's, he's got quite the stock, that guy. It's pretty cool. So, what's your, uh, what's your, Favorite match you've ever been to and why? Oh, man. Uh, probably, I mean, it's, it's kind of selfish, but the ones that, uh, probably the one that you, you ever did the best in, you know, it just sticks out the most. But uh, we did that Athlon ELR match last year. And uh, that was, you know, taking a factory barreled action and stuff and just you know, start off in the rain. It was, uh, there was actually, at the end of the day, there was actually a, a buffalo was at the, the front, and it rained so much that you, all you could see was, like, the top quarter inch of the target. So we just started calling it, like, a buffalo cart. Uh, <laughs> and it was just, just rain and terrible. And then for, like, the last bit of the match, the sun came out. It got humid and stuff because it was Kansas. And uh, it just one of those days where you just you couldn't drop targets, you know. It was just dominating everything. And just you hit that stride, and that's, that's that feeling I've always been trying to chase ever since. Haven't gotten there yet. Uh you know, it's, I'm looking for that someday, but man, there's so much of those. And then, uh, and that obviously, uh, the one down in the Ralston match down in Oklahoma, that is always just a blast because it's centrally located to so get people from all over the place. A lot of people that you don't normally get to shoot to. Um, so, you know, we all run in the same circles. We all seem to know each other, but down there, it was like, there's a lot of new shooters, a lot of people I'd never met before, and they just did a bang up job of it. And I, 
that's one of my favorite matches too. I just, it's tough because I take a little bit about it. You know, there's always one part of the match like that was the best ever, and there's always that one part where you're like, God dang it, man, I don't know why everyone's <laughs> <laughs> like a like a snake charmer or a, a spinner. I, yeah, or a I love the snake charmers stage. and I love the spinners. I hated movers. I'm starting They're to get a little movers. better at them. Yeah, uh, but movers, man, I shot so much dirt on movers. It's not <laughs> even funny. <laughs> those, see, I mentioned those. Two, and then the mover is the other one, right? Yep. The dynamic targets make you miss faster. Yep. That's what yep. happens. That's right. <laughs> and then you go like I went down to uh down to Texas and we were shooting out in San Antonio. You know, Travis is really mean on the way he sets up a course of fire sometimes. So he actually had stages with two movers and then he would put them like at angles too. So not only did you have to worry about how fast it was moving, but it was also moving downward or upward. And then you were shooting it off of like a pole. <laughs> I don't know about the pole part. We did do a dual mover stage uh, two summers ago, and we did them at two different distances. Yes. So you had to hold over your elevation and have your windage. Oh, I cannot tell you. We laughed so hard when we saw the far panel because so many people were hitting it. Oh, and then yeah. the ROs, they turned to RO be like, that was an impact. And the RO was like, no, because you're hitting the panel in front yeah. of the mover. Oh, we had to buy new panels for the guy we borrowed the mover oh, from. Man. And so you don't realize, too, that when they put them close, like, how much faster in the reticle that moves. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it's two miles an hour, two miles an hour when it's 25 yards versus when it's 100 yards, it's two totally different animals. Oh, absolutely. And that was one thing with those two mover stages. They were different distances. But then he made sure to put one just close enough to where your parallax couldn't quite figure it out, and it's blurry. Oh, <laughs> so, no. So it's fast-moving and blurry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you can switch every other... Yeah, yep. and of course he was standing right behind me, so I was cussing him the whole time I'm shooting, but he's just <laughs> laughing because you, know, you make a lot of friends and we mess around with each other enough. So if, if, if your friend sees you shooting dirt, you're going to have, he's going to be giving you some back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But all in good fun. All in good oh, fun. absolutely. Yeah, because then the next time you're going to be the one standing behind him. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah, it's a two way street. <laughs> so for those of you who haven't shot many movers, the number one thing, or spinners, or snake chambers, or any dynamic target, the number one thing to remember is if you miss, stop what you're doing. Do not continue to rack your bolt and take yes. more shots and more shots. The, sh- the faster you shoot does not mean that you're actually going to get an impact. You're probably just going to miss faster, and then the stage will be over, and then your friends are going to laugh at you. If you time out on a mover stage, I will be impressed. Yeah. I, I, very rarely do I even see movers go over a minute. Yep. I yep. mean, people just race through those things. you got two minutes, you know, like use it. And that's one thing. I, I'm guilty of that. I would just race through it and be done, and then I'd miss. You know, I, I could shoot as fast as I want, but it doesn't matter if they hit the dirt. So this year, like after getting my butt kicked by so many movers, I started kind of focusing on it and just slowing down. That helped so much. Yeah. I got to the point where I could hit – so we had, a, we had a wind we were dealing with, and I could hit the mover going from left to right. But I missed two or three times in a row when it was going right to left. So I just stopped shooting it when it was going right yeah. to left because I had time. Yep. But again, and you know, there's different matches where you'll shoot different par times and all that stuff yep. and different rules about how many times you get a chance at it. But if you have the time, just slow down. Yeah, and that's one thing to really stress to new shooters is like how long two minutes is. That's, you know, like down in Kansas stuff, the center fire has really knocked down to 90 second stages. So I'm used to dealing and processing in 90 seconds. You get into the this now, we're 120 seconds, two minutes for everything, and it's just like, man, you got so much time. And that's, you know, just any new shooter, just take your time and get those impacts rather than shoot fast, and you're going to be just fine. 
That's yeah. the number one thing I tell new people. Don't worry about how much time you have. Get yep. the impacts that you take. Yep. You'll get faster as you get more experience. But you shouldn't be moving too fast for starters because you're doing stuff wrong and sloppy. Yes. And then the more you reinforce that, the harder it is to break that habit down the road. So it's a lot better to take your time at the start. All right, Shane, what else do you have knowledge-wise that you want to impart on our listeners? So I, I pulled Shane into this uh, kind of last minute because we both happened to be here. And I was like, you know what? I got all my equipment. Let's do a podcast because I've been I've been dying to get some Team Bergara folks on here. So I'm going to put Shane on the spot. Shane, what do you have? What should we talk about? Oh, man, there's a lot of different things. Uh, like anything, you know, this is... Yeah, kind of date myself, which remember you could have like all those encyclopedias, but Encyclopedia Britannica stuff that was all over. Like, I feel like you could pretty much start pulling volume just like you could with there and find different different things to talk about. Um, obviously, I think probably one thing I like is we get as a team shooter and as sponsored as we are and stuff, uh, we get a lot of people that want to come up and be like, "How do I get sponsored? How do I do this?" And you know. I'd like to kind of talk to people about that a little bit too, because it's like, it's one, it's not the golden egg you think it is. Uh, I spend way more money shooting now than I ever did before I was sponsored <laughs> because I, I just, I feel obligated to shoot as many matches as I can. Um, don't go chasing that, you know, just be a good person, shoot as much as you can, you know, and that stuff will come to you. Um, you know, if you just start bombarding all these people with requests and all that stuff, it's, it just doesn't really come off that well. And I think that people focus on that too hard. You know, it's uh, it's really cool. It's a great experience, but it's, you know, it is well earned. I'll, I'll take that. It's just definitely a, it a long, hard road to get there. Very expensive one. And it's still getting more expensive <laughs> <laughs> every day. Uh, but you know, there's, there's a lot of information on there about that kind of stuff, but just don't, don't go chasing that stuff right away. You know, just take your time, meet the people, because it's all every single one of these things is a relationship that you build with people. Um, I don't I don't shoot for companies. I shoot for my friends. Um, I basically have every single person that's on my jersey. I have them as on speed dial on my phone, and we talk you know once or twice a week. Just um, hey, how's it going? How's the kids? How's all that? You know, and that's that's kind of where this all starts at. So I think people not not try to chase. Don't chase the dragon. I guess. Don't chase that. Just have fun. It'll come to you. Yeah, I'd say. It's, it's- so, you know, I'm not a sponsored shooter individually, but I I work with a lot of sponsors to support our matches and yes. to support our loaner rifles and our training programs. And one of the things that I think people don't realize when they just look at the things that you have that people have provided to you, which we're incredibly grateful for, it's um, it's amazing to have that stuff. Um, but it's a, it's a relationship, like you said, and I want to make sure that's reciprocated. So... We're working twice as hard as exactly. if we just spent the money on That's it. That's exactly <laughs> right. My rifle would have been cheaper if I just bought it. <laughs> right. Exactly. And that's just, that's not just, uh, you know, in, in, it's so much time. And that's one of the things when you're describing, you know, how you approach these matches. And then not only are you trying to get out to more matches so that you can represent the brand, but when you're there, you're really working is what you're yes. doing. So you're, you're like an extension of that brand. And, and I think that gets to one of the things that maybe people aren't thinking about when they're wanting to be sponsored because this is an expensive sport. And I'm sure a lot of people are approaching it like, Hey, you know, if I didn't have to pay for this, I could, I could participate at a different level or, or things like that. Um, I'm guilty of it too. Ammo, ammo, ammo for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so having, having any kind of help in that area would be awesome. But one of the things that, um, that comes along with it is, you know, 
making sure that you are always representing that brand and representing it well. Yes. And making sure that you're paying them back for that investment that they're making. In yes. Because it is. It's a big investment, you know, for them. You know, they've got the we've got the budget that's set up to to run all these people, and it takes a lot of money to run a team. Um, you know, just it just keeps going, especially with the uh, ammo, especially yeah, the center fire, those components dramatically increase because I don't know if you tried to buy primers over the last couple of years, but I used to be able to get a thousand primers for 40 bucks. And now it's at least, at least 80 to $90. And you're just constantly, you know, powders, finding that components, you're blowing those guns up barrels. You know, you go through, I know at the time when I was shooting mainly center fire, I was going through about three to four barrels a year out of my rifle. That's what I love about rim fire too. I don't ever shoot that thing out, man. It's great. Yeah, it takes a lot of support, though. You think about it, you know, these, it, that, you can't say enough of these companies, I mean, what they're putting out. And that's just, you know, they're, they're shooters, but then how much they're giving back to the matches. Like, when you walk these prize tables and stuff, that's why it's so dang important to go thank these people when you see them. I mean, I the cool part, too, is when you get to know these people, it's like, I don't see it, like, as, a, as an Athlon scope. I see it as, that's something my friend Dustin's selling. I have eaten at Dustin's house. I've drank with Dustin. I want to make sure he's set up and he's got good things too. So I, I spend a lot of money just buying stuff from him anyway for myself or my family or whatever because that's important. You know, these these are still people. It's not about beating everybody into submission. For granted, cheap stuff's cool, but at the end of the day, man, everybody's got to got to make their living. So. Yeah, for sure, supporting the people that support the sport. I can't say enough about either. Yes, that's so. there's so many so great many. people, especially yeah. in the. The rimfire world. I mean, the rimfire world is, I would say, probably the biggest sector of the competitive world right now. I mean, it's uh, at least in those circles that I run in, ELR is not that big. PRS and NRL, I mean, NRL obviously, they, they shut down the race gun program, basically. So uh, we got PRS side of things. And it's it's there, but it's not near as, you don't find matches. Like, I can literally look at, look at, like, NRL 22 website. There's, like, four or five matches going on every weekend, it seems like. And that's just the X series. If you go to the monthly series, there's still stuff. I mean, you can shoot match every weekend if you want to. And Some of us do. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of us to do. I'm luckily I just I stopped doing monthly stuff. I just couldn't do it anymore. I just, it gets to be a lot. It, it's a lot. You, tra- you travel a lot. I travel a lot for work. Yeah, and I got a five year old. A lot of people have come to matches and met my son Jesse. Um, He's chasing that dude. Is crazy. <laughs> so there's there's a, a small cameo that he makes in a TikTok video that I did, and it's my favorite part of any of the videos I've taken at matches. So. Yeah, he's got those big old eyes and the glasses and stuff, so <laughs> yeah, he's just a ball of fire, so I gotta make sure to have you know time with that. Unfortunately, you know, the shooting doesn't pay the bills, it's cool, but I still gotta work, and you know, I do uh, CNC sheet metal fabrication machinery sales, so um, I have Iowa and Nebraska as my territory, so I'm burning up miles. I'm you know, running 35, 40,000 miles a year on my car in between all this stuff, so it's been... It's a lot of work, but. Yeah, for sure. Especially when you're when you're doing a lot of uh, a lot of that work for, you know, for a sport that you're paying to participate. Exactly. <laughs> but I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah. You know, that's uh, yeah. I, I'd be doing the same exact stuff I did anyway. That's yeah. I enjoy it. Yeah, Justin so. and I started a business around this sport, and we keep laughing about how you know people will be like, "Well, are you not pro- nonprofit?" Well, no, but you don't make. <laughs> you <profit. don't> make- <laughs> Any money, so I'm not profit. I'm just not a 501 or whatever. Yeah, exactly. We're not a for-profit organization because we, we host matches and we, we do training. Kind of kind of pays just enough to keep our equipment running. But so, you guys have done a lot with yeah. you know, obviously like I mean, we definitely appreciate the way you, especially like getting ladies involved in the sport and all that. You've been huge on that. 
You're just a great ambassador for the sport. Justin, of course, I, I'm, I'm grilling Justin for knowledge every time I see him. This dude's like, well, pretty much a rocket scientist with a gun. So. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. That's, that's about right. I've gotta, I will get him on a podcast one of these days. I am trying to interview some people that are outside of my Minnesota circle. Yeah. So poor Justin. I didn't even interview him for the championship podcast, and he took second place. Oh. <laughs> I, I got everybody else but him because I was like, I'll just yeah, interview time, him later. Good. Yeah, no big deal. I completely forgot. So yeah. I apologize to all the listeners, too, who didn't get to hear his two cents. I will get him on at some point uh, to share his wisdom. He is very, very uh, good and thoughtful in this in this sport. So definitely a good one. Yes. Yeah. We try to get to a lot of, uh, a lot of events, too, and... You know, we're both very passionate about introducing new shooters to the sport um, for, you know, almost completely different reasons, but the same. So Justin really likes the science behind the sport and getting more people involved in growing um, the industry because with that comes data and more data yes. means more science and more science means we're more accurate and we're yes. more precise and things like that. Better rifles, better scopes, better everything. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And he's so um, excited about those things which is not to say that he doesn't care about the other stuff, but conversely, the numbers are not something that I'm super excited about. I just want my stuff to work. Yes. And I, yeah, I will, I will use a test roll because I know that it's going to calculate things, but I don't want to know how it calculates it. Like that yeah. doesn't excite me, but seeing new people, <laughs> I just want it to work. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I just want it to work. I, I, I don't even know exactly how everything works, but for me, seeing families go to these sports together. Like, in a couple of years, I'm sure you're going to have a little one Oh, he, he already wants to shoot. He's, uh, well, I've seen your TikTok cam. You're yeah. like, hey, are you going to shoot like your dad? I already have a gun. Yeah, he's yep, like, I've yep, already you do. do. Uh, unfortunately, Bernard doesn't make a youth model, so he's got a Savage Rascal. So I'll give a pro- I'll give a shout-out to Savage on that one, because your dad, I put a little uh, Athlon Midas red dot on it. Aww. We shoot full-size Ipsticks at, like, 50 yards. But, I mean, for a five-year-old, that's, that's, <laughs> that's like good. hitting it. Yeah, that's like hitting the quarter inch on the KYL at 100 or him, you know. Yeah, so. <laughs> exactly. He's, he's hitting steel, man. That's what oh, he's, he just loves it. So, and then uh, I just started uh, started part of a gun shop there in Beatrice. So he's, he goes down. His deal, he said when he come in, he's like, I'm going to clean and I'm going to do security. He's like, all right, buddy, knock yourself out. But uh-huh. he's just, and then you can have conversations with people, you know, and uh, you it's, it's awesome. Yeah. And it's just, there's so much cool stuff. I mean, just think about too, like just kind of coming back too with Talking about Justin and all that stuff, like the the progression of the, not did the sport too, and the equipment and things like that. Like if you look at, like, I'll just use Vortex as an example because you know like people love or they hate Vortex. The people that complain about Vortex, like, oh, you know that Viper's junk, blah blah. Could you imagine ten years ago taking a Gen Two Viper and like a, one of our factory comp rifles and going to a match with it? Like, you would blow people's yeah. minds. You would like destroy how, everyone. Like, the curve of how fast everything is. Like people don't realize, like, we're in the heyday, but we're also in the infancy. There's so much cool stuff going on here. And what I love about it, too, is there's a few hundred yards away from us is applied ballistics here, Bushnell's here. There's going to be more. There's people. The industry itself is here getting feedback, showing us what they have. And that's just the, that progression of this. I, I think we're so far in the infancy of 22 that it's not even funny. I, I completely agree. And I love that Vergara has a team put together because now I know that they're getting feedback from real shooters. And that's yes. one of the things that I think is is a catalyst to this, you know, innovation that's happening in the sport right now is there are a lot of, of people in the industry working in those roles that are either closely tied to shooters or shooters themselves. Yes. And that's been 
amazing because I'm starting to see products that I've been begging for and it seems like three years isn't that long, but even compared to when I first started. Yeah, in the span ago. of things, three years isn't, I mean, it's, it seems long, but it's not in the, the whole scope of things. I, mean, I think how long the 22 long rifle's been around. Right, exactly. And I mean, even still, like at the gun shop every now and then, I'll, just, I'll bring my race gun in, set it on the bench. People walk in like, what the heck is this thing? Like, ah, oh, that's my 22. Like, that's, no, oh, that's a center fire. No, that's a 22. <laughs> well, how far do you guys shoot? Like, we got the 500. You can't shoot a 22, 500. Like, I, let me take you to Let's a match. Walk. I got, let me, let me show you 200 of my friends doing it, you know? <laughs> right, exactly. That's awesome. I love, I love when we're at the range and, um, you know, some of the, the older folk come by and they're like, you guys are shooting 22? Yeah. Out there? Yeah. At that? <laughs> Fun. You know, like so, we got seven hundred blades platform. So be my my center fire rig and my twenty two are exactly the same. I mean, if you park them next to each other, it's pretty tough. Let's look at the ejection board. You don't know. Um, that's just so cool to me to think where we are now. You know, as opposed to the back of the day. I remember when I first started twenty two. Like, man, I can hit a hit a little piece of chain at hundred yards. Man, I'm awesome. And man, now where we're at, it's it's so crazy. And there's so many good people to. Uh, the level of, I guess, like the, the trajectory of how fast you can get there. Yep. You know, like yourself, three years, it's, it's not that long of a time. It is a long time probably to you, but I mean, to come up to where, you know, you hadn't really touched a gun much at all to winning matches and a national level shooter in the span of three years, that's pretty good. That's yeah. really awesome. You know? It's pretty, it's pretty fun. It's, uh, I still look back and I go, doesn't feel real always, but it's yeah. it's super fun. It's fun to watch even new shooters. You know, they're they're taking those first couple of shots and then they impact steel, or they've been struggling with one thing. I know I worked with a female shooter who's come to a lot of matches and um, she struggled with target acquisition. I spent two minutes with her, ran a drill one time, and then the next match she was like, "Yeah, yeah, that's so cool. It's so fun to watch." It's, one of my favorite things. Yeah, that's new shooters doing that. Like one of my favorite th- experiences that being on the Bergara teams afforded me was I got to go a couple weeks ago. I went to Tennessee and I worked the Bergara experience. Uh, naturally, it stuck me on the rim fire side. Uh, I didn't get to run the, the big comp rifle, but to see people that have never shot, a, there's people that have never shot a rifle before hitting thousand yard steel with a center fire, hitting 300 with a rim fire for the first time ever. And to see that light click on them and show them, like, the possibilities of, of what we can do is just, I, I love it. You know, there's, since then, I've had several people hit me up on social media to be like, hey, I want to get into this because of this. What do I need to get started and who do I need to talk to? Luckily, after doing this, you've got enough friends in different places. Like, where are you from? Let me hook you up with these guys, yep. you know. And then you'll help them with gear selection and all that stuff. And that's one thing, too, with new shooters, like, you don't need all the gear you see. As, I, I always laugh because you see a transition. So you got the new shooter that shows up with nothing. And then all of a sudden you, you meet them you know, a month or two later. They've got like the roller cart just full of every bag <laughs> that we bag makes and, you know, rifle and everything that's to the walls. And then after about a year or two, you see them with a backpack in one bag. And <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's so true. Yeah. I feel like I went through or four different support bags until I landed on the one my tried and I just don't even bring anything else yeah. to the match anymore. Yeah, I just, I'm trying to convince myself that I need to start using a bag plate because I know it'll up my game, yeah. but I just haven't done it. I'm out of the habit and I'm such I, a simplest. I bought one and I ran it for a little bit and thought it was the coolest thing since sliced bread, and then for some reason I just stopped carrying it, no particular reason, and I don't miss it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you know, it's, well, like, all right. it's cool for like the latter stages and stuff, but then uh, that's you know, 
Robert Badgett at WeBad, he jumped in really good with us on the team. And uh, he started really, like, pushing his bags with different usages. Like, I never knew how, like, shooting, like, let's say, uh, I don't know if you remember the stage at Nationals two years ago, we had the hog fence. Yeah. You have your bag. Well, okay, you normally want to, there's that little crook that's in there, and you want to set your bag on there. No, flip that bag over. Upside down. So and now all stuff. of a sudden, I've got, like, three times the space to lay my rifle. You know, it's little stuff like that to where, like, oh, I can use so much more of what I have that I didn't know. I want to so, go reshoot that stage now. Yeah. Because I didn't even, didn't even put that together. Yeah, it, it worked great. You know, like, I can't say I didn't do it. I didn't really clean it. But, man, that was a hustle stage. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was hard. That was a Jake Jensen's uh, brainchild. Thanks, so, Jake. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, that's the beauty of that. Last two years ago or whatever, when it was at Nationals was in Nebraska, um, that was kind of kind of my home range. I guess if I had to call a place a home range, um, it would either be Aurora or it'd be, you know, at Eastern, Eastern Nebraska. Um yeah, we he tested that. We didn't know it was going to be at nationals or anything like that. We just and it wasn't as bad, but man, it was uh, at nationals. He he upped the game a little bit too by changing the rules just slightly. Like you can't use these because naturally, you know, you want to go towards the pole where it's a little right. more stable. Yep. Now nah, let's let's spray paint this so you can't use that at all. <laughs> <laughs> I just I literally got vertigo in that stage. I was I was kneeling into this this hog panel, and the canyons were just they'll mess with you. Yeah, so you're yeah. shooting down at an angle. And you're shooting through these tiny little um, windows in this hog panel, and it's not very stable. So it, there was this vibration that was in it, and looking through my scope down, oh, it starts. I literally got off that, and I felt like the whole <laughs> world was moving. It was crazy. It was that so place, is, there's so much voodoo magic in that place because I don't know what it's about shooting in that canyon. Like the winds just do crazy. Well, Iberia was no different. You're like, yeah. I'll be honest with you. You live in Nebraska or Kansas, you, you get kind of cocky about shooting the wind because that's all we ever do. Yeah. And so you're like, oh, I'm gonna own this. We're shooting in the woods. You know, there's no <laughs> wind in the woods. Well, I bet you I'll make you a liar. Yes, it will. <laughs> yes, it will. Yeah, it's dead. For the, uh, how was it? The, 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 the Catalina wine mixer that we shot. I, I squatted yep. with, with you and Justin on that one. I'll never forget. Like we felt no wind or kestrels were showing dead. And the minute somebody hit it, I remember me and Justin looking through the binos, and we saw that white powder off the steel just race to the right. And he was like, did you see that? I'm like, what is going on out there? I'm like, that's why everybody's missing, you know? Yep, yep. There was that one, uh, there was a run and gun stage. And I swear, oh, that was, that was fun. we felt a, a decently, not crazy strong or anything, but a, a good solid, you know, five to seven mile an hour wind from right to left. And we're looking downrange. And I was holding right to left wind, and I went way off the right side further than where my hold point was. And I was like, there is a left to right wind down there. Yeah. And literally had to hold left side of the target to hit when I'm feeling a, a right to left wind. I was, like, baffled by that. It was, uh, luckily, the coolest part about that was on, you know, the way home. It was, uh, it was actually Andrew's, Andrew's dad, who was, we just call him Pops, so shout out to Pops. Pops is awesome. He's like our squad mom, permanent squad mom, always with us. Uh, but he was the RO for that stage. So we felt terrible, of course. That was like our last stage of the day. And uh, we got through it, and then he was like, you have no idea how many people were shooting dirt on this one because of the wind. And it was so, it, it was nice to at least have that, but then to hear him, how everybody was struggling At least it was it. everybody. And, yeah, it wasn't just us. Right. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, a, that was a tough one. That's a, that's a really cool range, too. It's like, unlike any other area I've shot in. So I've gone out west a couple and seen a lot of uh, those ranges and shot in the mountains. Super cool. Um, went out to North Carolina this spring, and that was super fun too. Shooting in the mountains, like from the bottom up instead of the up down. Yes. You know, the top down. 
so that was a cool experience. But uh, Missouri, I mean, shooting in those trees is something yeah, that different. That place is, it's one of my favorite ranges to go to. A lot of it, because, you know, like, I kind of like Doug, I kind of like okay. Reese, you know. <laughs> Jason's okay, too, I guess. <laughs> it was a great group of people that put on an awesome force of fire, and they think just enough outside the box where it's not gimmicky, but it's fun. And different. Yes, yeah, they are very you know, a lot of these matches, when you go to enough of them, it's, it's kind of same old, same old, a lot of them. Um, you know, it's like, hey, there's a square range, we got some yep. targets out here, there's always a KOL rack, sometimes yep. there's a mover, you know, and so, <laughs> for them to, and not, not only just have, like, one or two stages like that, but you'll put on a whole two-day match full of surprises and, yeah, and all that, man, that, that's one of my favorite nationals, I yeah. just had an absolute blast there. Other than, you know, if they wouldn't have so many dang holes to step in, that'd have been all right. <laughs> Well, that's right. Yeah, day one, day one, I stepped in a hole and uh, I got to the uh, got to the room that night. I, mean, I was hurting. I was like, I think we had like four stages left through the day when I stepped in the hole, and uh, I I couldn't stand. Like it was like uh. you'd stand, and then like your knee would just like a lightning bolt hit you and just give out. And uh, and I got back to the room that night. You know, obviously it was Labor Day, Labor Day weekend, Memorial Day weekend. Yeah, I was confused as to. And uh, but we got back to the we stayed at the resort there, and I went to bed. And uh, just the weight of the bed sheet just sent me into chills. I was like, I'm in trouble. So naturally, what do you do? You you go shoot day two. Right, of course. <laughs> of course. And I shot way slower, but I, I did okay. I rallied a little bit. But then I came back, and uh, you know, as soon as my doctor was like, I'm pretty sure you tore your meniscus. I'm like, ah, that sucks. Ouch. But I'm a, I'm a large, active person, so I just kind of figured out. I've been, I'm 40, so I'm like, it's been 40 years. This thing is a... Uh, it's due, you know. Yeah, it's about time. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna so happen sooner. They sent me in for the MRIs. MRIs, luckily, I did not know that you can actually bruise your bones. Ooh. So I bruised the two ends of my bones, Ouch. and my face of the knee comes together. And uh, they were like, actually, you'd be better off tearing your meniscus. So we can fix that. This is just, you're gonna be living on some leave and, and all that. So I did that, and it feels pretty good now. It's after you walk on it for a long time, you start realizing, yeah, it's not quite that. That's, how are we on like 12 weeks since nationals now or something like that? Yeah. They told me it was going to be 12 to 16. Don't go be an idiot. So right. we're getting there. You know, this week will be fun. I feel good walking around. So hopefully okay. we hopefully we shoot more steel than dirt this weekend. Yeah, right? fingers crossed. But I get to squat with you, so I'm good with it. Yeah, so. that's what I said. I was like, I don't know how many how many impacts I'm going to get. I have not had time to, to do a whole lot with the variable lately, but I'm like, you know, Shane's coming up. It'll just be a good time. Yeah. So that's the goal. And I, I needed some of those matches. Like last last weekend, I just got into my own head so bad that I'm like, I need to, I need to clear my head, go back to the rim fire where I have fun with people and, and all that. And so I'm, I couldn't be more excited for this one. I was like a little kid for the eight and a half hours driving up here. So <laughs> that's awesome. I love it. I love it. Well, should we uh, should we answer some questions from our listeners? Yeah, that sounds awesome. I've got some really good ones from um, Bob Bright, so he's a newer shooter. Okay. And. He wants to know, um, he's asking, can you have a cheat sheet for the course of fire or do you have to go off memory? And I think he's referring to your dope cards. Yes. So um, so for those who don't know or haven't shot these matches, each the course of fire is made up of multiple stages. And each stage has a certain set of instructions. Um, so for those set of instructions, you might have multiple distances for your targets that you're shooting at. So you don't have to have that memorized. Um, we have these things called dope cards and there's a dope card holder and several different options are available. So, uh, for me, I run, um, just a cheap wire based one. I think it's from SAP and so short action precision sells it and it's got a clear, uh, like card holder mounted upside down and you just 
can stick your paper part up there. And I like it because it blocks the rain. If it's raining, my stuff doesn't get wet. Um, so, Shane, what do you run and why? I'm kind of, I like, I bridge the old school and the new school kind of. My favorite dope card holder, I've tried many, is the Coltac Sheet Sheet. Because it's so easy to go from rifle to rifle. Obviously, we've come to this, you know, after talking to this, you guys obviously now know that I shoot many different disciplines. I don't like buying a dope card for every single rifle. I mean, I have two, but it's nice to just be able to pop that thing off, put it on another one. Um, the cards are replaceable on it. Mine actually is like a white erase board thing, but I don't use the erase board, so where I go old school at is I use blue painter's tape with a Sharpie. I've um, seen that a lot, actually. Yeah. That seems to work really well. It, you just... For me, it's, it's like that shop process in me, though, is like, so that is one thing, too, when you say, like, come up and talk to somebody in Vergara. Okay, my deal is when I'm done shooting that stage, I immediately get up, I put my rifle, ground my rifle, do what I got to do, and then I start collecting dope for the next stage. I just do that. And then part of me is, like, I'm cooling down. I'm kind of thinking about what happened from that last stage. I'm writing down my dope on my other one. I just I like having that time to myself. That's why I still use the painter's tape because it's just it's a minute for me to be compressed. And then, of course, they got the super bougie high-tech ways if you're Mark Polito and don't have kids. and He's got that, uh, I think it's, I don't think it's the Kestrel HUD or whatever it is, but it's like fully electronic and he like yeah. Bluetooth it to his phone. It's cool as can be. I just prefer painter's tape. And <laughs> I'm a pen and paper person anyway. Yeah, so. but then for Hunter, for NRL Hunter series, uh, when I do that, I actually use a wrist coach. Okay. Um, because it's, it's quicker and easier for me to process at that time. That's a totally different game than what we're playing. Um, and I would say, you know, where he's talking about, do you have to memorize that? Up until last weekend, I would say, now you don't have to memorize it. But there actually was a stage last week to where uh, it had, like, you know, club, circle, diamond. And they were at the same same distance, so like 791 yards. But they showed you a printout, and you had to remember what order to shoot your targets. Oh, so it was okay. like heart, square, cross, circle. And then you had to go out, and then you had to come back. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, got, I got the first two. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah, that's a bummer. There are there are stages like that, um, not usually in the monthly course. Yeah, it's, it's not normal, but, I mean, it does happen. So, I mean, right. definitely work on your memory skills if you can. It's nice, too, just to be able to have uh, those motor skills kind of burned into you of yeah. finding those targets. Um, but, yeah, for a dope card, I mean, you don't really need to get that crazy. My buddy, my buddy Alex that I shoot with, he actually has one of those, uh, like those binder clips or whatever with a piece of Velcro on it, a piece of his gun, and a like a three by five card. He writes it on there, clicks it on there, and sticks it on with the Velcro. Yeah. And it was free from his work, so you know, it's probably, he probably laughs at me for spending 25 bucks on mine, but I'm happy with it and I love it. And there's a lot of good options out there, but yeah, yeah. definitely, I, sure. I would say that's the way to go. I keep I keep a wrist coach, so for those who don't know, it's um, it's a sleeve that goes on your forearm, and it's usually used in like football, yeah, so the quarterback. quarterback yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it'll be looking, it's got an index card type size sheet on it. I've used it before. I keep it in my range bag for the for certain scenarios where there's like a troop line with wind, yeah. and I have to put a lot of data down. Yeah, really to do that tiny little. That's, that's the yeah, part. exactly. So there's really on those the beta card holders. There's really room for your what target you're on, what target order, and then your elevation change, and then maybe a, a wind guesstimate. If you write small enough, you can do both. But really, that that risk. Um, Wrist reference is helpful for those more complicated stages. I usually set mine up to where if there's like five targets, I'll have the elevation set up. I'll do a wind call for the first one, wind call for the second one, and a wind call for the last one. Because obviously the wind's going to change. That's not gospel that you're putting on there. Your elevation right. is, but yeah. your, your wind is not. Mm -hmm. So I kind of like to 
just have a, a general idea of where we're going. And then if it's a really complicated stage, I'll put like a target order or something on the bottom side of it. So like, you know, shoot target one, two, three, and go to five. Or Especially yeah. some of those ones where I like, was at the long range stage at Nationals. So it's yep. like, shoot these three, then come back. And then, you know, it's, like, it's yeah. mental, so mental shoot, craziness. So this is, they're, they're shaped targets. So it was like, shoot squirrel, bunny, raccoon. Then you're going to do bunny, raccoon, bear. Then raccoon, bear, etc. And that, that, and so forth. And I actually was um, sharing with Andrew. My tactic for that was to break it out into four different stages. One, and so I would dial the first target, and I would shoot the series of three. And then I would dial the next first target, and I would treat that like a whole different stage oh, in my that head. Out sweet. It worked so much better because yeah, I've got the ADD thing where I'm yeah. trying to. If I get lost in the order, I could I could screw that up so many ways. So I just I literally drew a line across my dope card, and I chunked it out into the first stage. I'm going to shoot is three targets. The next stage is three targets. Oh, that's yeah, crazy. That's that's handy. Yeah. So that's a lot of things you learn like after the fact, but. That's what's cool. People will actually talk to you about that at you know at an NRL twenty two match. That was a uh, what well, was the uh, just at the applied ballistic stage here a little bit ago. I I shot it. I basically zeroed at the first target and then I held over five mils. And I was like, this would be perfect. And then Eric comes up and was like, why don't you just dial it to five and then you can hold over two and hold under three. And I was, he's like, your score's not going to count. But he's like, you want to try it? I did it. Shaved five seconds off. There you go. There <laughs> you like, go. Yeah. Man. So. Little tips and tricks that you learn. And, and it's, people are so. They're, they're passionate. They're happy to, to share. Yeah, you know, exactly. That's what's awesome. Exactly. People are just really, really uh, excited to, to educate other people, which is huge. Yeah. And that's with it being a, a quieter environment, too. It's easier to talk to people. You know, at a ring yes. fire or a center fire event, I'm kind of just lost in my own. You got the earplugs in, there's yep. bangs going everywhere, like gap grind. You got like 400 people shooting. Mm-hmm. So it's just pop, pop, pop all the time. Like you, you can't have a good conversation with people because, well, I'm, like you, I'm ADHD. So I'm like, oh, what's going on over there? What's happening over here? <laughs> and when there's all that popping going on and stuff, yep. my mind going 100 miles an hour. So yep. Rimfire, you can slow down and talk and, and it's great. So. Yeah, it's super fun. Okay. So Bob had a, another question um, and I've answered this before. So I'm going to let you answer this one right. and I'm interested. So, what's the difference between NRL 22 and 22X? All right. So, 22, NRL 22, is the monthly series of matches. So, there is a standardized course of fire that everybody's shooting across the nation. So, if you've got a buddy in California that's just getting ready to start and you live in New York, you guys are going to shoot the exact same course of fire, which is great for national scoring levels and stuff like that. Um, It's generally, you're kind of limited more on your, your ranges and stuff. I think, what is it, like, I think they're less than 200 yards most of the time. Um, most places will have your, there's five stages that come out every month. And then there is a lot of times they'll have like two or three, sometimes five extra stages. That's whatever the match director can come up with. If you shoot those matches in those last five, that whatever the match director comes with, with, if you can imagine a whole match like that, that's what NRL 22 X is. It is anything goes, there's no equipment restrictions. It is, you know, you've got your base class still and your, your open class, but you do not have base class. There's no, no more base class. Not in X. It was never in the X. Right. So it's just open. Did you have base class? No. There was base class shooters that came to nationals. Got it. Yes. Was- so because nationals. So this is actually leading into the second question, which is how to qualify for nationals. This is perfect. Yes. So the X series, the top, the top ranked people in the X series will get an invite to nationals, and then the other half of the nationals invites go to monthly series. So I guess top hundred out of each. Yeah, so if there's 200 available, which is typically what's targeted, 
then 100, the top 100 X-Series people will be invited, and then 100 invites will go disseminated across the nation to um, match directors to get participants from their clubs. So we're looking at ways to um, to change this for next season, but for this 2023 season that we're in, uh, we're still going to follow that method. So if you participate in monthly matches you, you know, frequently, you could get an invite to nationals. Otherwise, the guaranteed way is to qualify through the X-Series by ranking in the top. And the X is, I, I guess, the kind of way, too, I want to describe it when people ask it. It's kind of like, you know, if you're drinking coffee. Some people like their coffee black and hot. And there's the people that like it a little bit sweeter and a little bit cooler. A little sweeter and cooler is in a row monthly. <laughs> black and hardcore, that's X. So um, I kind of, since I come from the centerfire world, I I kind of like that intensity level. But I also kind of want to just tone it down just a little bit just because I like to relax. But I can't quite bring myself to relax all the way down to uh, to monthly match. I still shoot them. I like to do it. But if I have a preference, man, I love access just because it's different, you know. And you don't. The cool part about NRL 22 is actually they do release the course fire early, so you can actually practice your course fire. And actually, we're sitting here in Troy's uh Troy's awesome camper, so I actually got a shootout. He's got a really cool product called the Fat that you can actually practice at home without a match. So you that's for the monthly series, just to be. Yeah, so yeah. for the monthly series, you can actually practice that. X is you don't know what you're getting into till the night before, um, and that's that's kind of why I like it. I like I just like that raw shooting, you know. And uh, there's there's a lot of good good that comes out of both. If you're gonna just get started in things, talk to your questions. You are monthly man, get started on that. Just get out there and have fun, and then you'll you'll start to realize they want to take this a little bit farther, yeah. and then you start jumping into X. But I, I recommend everybody goes into X a little bit. So. Yeah, yeah, I think shooting shooting X matches is so fun. It's really opened up um, like the travel component to competition for me and that next level of competition. Yeah. So I I have a scratch map that I have. Yeah. So if I make it to every state, you know, and scratch off. So we're going to have to coordinate for Alaska and Hawaii. F- yes. Yeah. We got to figure that out. So if anyone has ideas or connections um, <laughs> for Alaska or Hawaii, we, I we so host, Yeah. We, I, I don't care if it's a monthly match. It'd be, it'd be yeah. fun. Just so, go shoot one. Exactly. Any state, whatever. Any type of match, any state. Yeah. So we got... Yeah. Uh, the, the thing that um, I like about the X-Series is that it does get you out and about and you can, you know, shoot a new match somewhere. It's hard to justify going, you know, across the country when you could shoot the same course of fire down the street. Yep. It would be equally fun and enjoyable to meet other people. And I have shot uh, matches at other clubs, which is super fun. Um, but the X-Series really kind of pushes that. Yeah, and I think a lot of, a lot of it to me, too, is, you know, regional people shoot a little bit differently from region to region. So... You eventually kind of wind up with the with the monthly stuff. It's always kind of the same people. You're always in that same pool. but And then you get into the X series. Now there's so many more X matches than there used to be. But you kind of run into the same people. But then if you just uproot and say, okay, I'm from Nebraska. I'm going to go shoot one in Maine. Mm-hmm. And you start learning kind of your pecking order of how good of a shooter you really are. Because once you learn, like where you're at, like you come to Nebraska, obviously people that shoot in Nebraska all the time are going to probably outperform the people that shoot on the East Coast where there's not much wind and stuff. Yeah. But then again, you start bringing those people from Nebraska over to the East Coast. The targets are a little bit smaller. And for some reason, 100 yards in the woods and 100 yards in a pasture, they don't look anything alike. Not, <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. We it have, looks like 400. Or like at the, the range that we're at now where we host our X matches, there, you could be shooting through the pasture into the woods. You know? Yeah. So your wind gets really crazy exactly. at that point, too. Yeah. So yeah, X, X is just a blaster. They've done such a great job. When was it last year? X only been around two years, hasn't it? Two years, yeah. Two seasons. So for two years, you know, the first season there was maybe five or six matches across the country, not many. 
Next year, there was several more. This year, man, you go to the NRL 22 website. I think we have 42 this year. Yeah, it's yeah. just awesome. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, I think it's so cool to see, see that progression of it, you know, and how many people are actually interested. And I think it was kind of funny because, I mean, just being in, it in the infancy, the, the NRL 22 was originally designed to get people fired up to go shoot center fire. And I think it's the opposite that's actually happening because I'm starting to see people that I shoot center fire with all of a sudden start shooting more rim fire and understanding a lot of those reasons that we said. It's like, well, I can bring my kid here. I can shoot. I don't have to load up all this. You know, loading takes up so much time. And makes you cranky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there's so much good stuff there. And like I said, it's, yeah, get into the X or any match you shoot, just get a rifle and go. Just go. Well, Shane, thanks so much for um, for being so accommodating and flexible today. Oh, awesome. I agree. Anytime I get to spend with you, I'm pumped about it. So. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to have the best weekend ever. We'll, we'll debrief this some other time. We'll do like a, a part two of this. Yeah. Point. Um, so, Shane, uh, any other final thoughts for our listeners? No, we've covered a lot, you know, today. There's a lot to digest there. Um, like I said, a lot of just pick up a rifle, get out there, meet all the people you can. Come up and see us if you see me on the Bergara team. We've probably got stickers or some kind of swag to give to you. So we're happy about that. I always carry plenty of stickers. And whatnot, so. <laughs> nice. I love yeah, that. it's just just get out, you know, and shoot and have a good time. That's what this is all about. It's fun. You know, it's always have fun with it. Awesome. Thanks so much, Shane. And for all the listeners, keep sharing the love. <laughs>